summary of the Sikha. This is also a Siyam on all, on all of Mishnayis. Siyam Ashas of Mishnayis, which concludes with Masechta Oktzin. So Masechta Oktzin talks about the details of Tuma as they apply to food and liquids and to beverages. These are Allahs which are discussed in in Parsha uh, Shmini. That's why this is the this week's Sikha. So the final the uh, final halacha Mishnah of halacha in this Masechta is a machlekes between Beishamai and Beishil in regards to loaves of honey cakes. Honey it comes in in uh, small cells in a beehive and they're solid. They're not uh, liquid liquefied at that time. So when one harvests honey and it's still solid pieces at what point does it become liquid and there is a difference between the laws of Tuma as they apply to liquid and then as they apply to food. So at which point does the honey become food uh, turned from food into liquid? So Vaishamai says from when he plans to harvest the honey out of the, uh, out of the hive or another version is when he be engages the hive for instance, uh, smokes the hive so that the bees will leave so that it can get to the honey. And Beis Hillel says from when he already combs out the honey so that it's already being liquefied and only then does, is it considered liquid. Then the next Mishnah, which is actually the final Mishnah in Mishnayis, it says, Rabbi Shub and Levi said, also the Baruch Hashem will in the time of the future bequeath to each tzaddik 310 worlds as the Pasuk says to bequeath to my those who love me yesh which uh, is the numerical value of shayud uh, 310 and I will fill their storehouses said Hashem did not find anything a, a worthy keili uh, containers receptacle to contain the blessings of the Jewish people, only peace. Peace is the worthy receptacle for, through which blessing comes to the Jewish people. As the Pasuk says, Hashem, Hashem will give strength to His people. Hashem, Hashem will bless His people with peace. So we have to understand, what is the connection between these, uh, the, uh, the, the concluding Mishnah, Rabbi Shua ben Levi, and what he talks about with the uh, with Lahan uh, the what Hashem will bequeath to the tzaddikim, and the final halacha, which is in the Mishnayis, which the subject of that Nesechta is really what's the final halacha about tuma of food and drink, and what is the connection between that and the final halacha, the final Mishnah, and how are they connected? So the Rambam and other commentaries say that the there really is no connection between, they don't say it in this way, but they say the final one is, after learning the whole Mishnah, it tells you about what the reward for fulfilling, for learning Torah and fulfilling mitzvahs is. Which means that it really isn't connected in any way to the previous halacha. It's just a, a, a nice conclusion to the Mishnah, to the Mishnahis. But since we have a rule that the, the Gemara often explains why two Mishnas are brought next to each other, even in two separate Mesechtas, if one Mesechta concludes with a Mishnah and the next one starts with a Mishnah, the Gemara seeks to find the connection between the two. 
So certainly that in the very same Peirik, not only in the same Masechta, in the same Peirik that two missions are with alongside each other, there must be an explanation that there is an intrinsic connection between them and that it's not just two random, you know, two unassociated missions. So we have to understand what that is. So the explanation might be in the fact that there is a, the machlekes um, between Beis Hillel and Beis in regards to the the bees and the honey is connected to the idea of schar reward for mitzvah, which is brought in the final Mishnah. So there must be in a connection in which they explain each other. So to first explain something else, we have to understand at the very end of the Mishnah which means a person has reached the ultimate the final, he has learned everything in Torah as far as Mishnah is concerned which is the body of Torah Shabal Pet and so in other words he's reached a certain level and what is the what does the Mishnah tell us that a person will be rewarded for their efforts in Torah and Mitzvahs but the Mishnah tells us that a person should not serve Hashem for the sake of earning reward that's in in Pirkei Avis. don't be like a servant that serves Hashem in order to receive a reward rather we serve Hashem not for the purpose of receiving reward so how could that be the appropriate final Mishnah the end you finally reached your height of service and what is it about the reward and of course it's true that even if a person serves Hashem not for the sake of re- a reward they will be rewarded without question the Rambam says that it's clear but why should that be the stated uh, end of the Mishnah making it as if the, the purpose here is reward therefore we must say that when the Mishnah says that the reward or what will happen in the, the world to come is that Hashem will give 310 worlds is not meant as reward in the conventional sense rather what it is is reaching a new height in Avodah that when a person reaches the, uh, the final level of Avodah that's what comes forth 310 worlds so to understand what that means so there are three points that need to be made about these few Mishnas one is why is the why does the Mishnah choose the halacha associated with the bees and the honey to conclude the Mishnah? What is it about that subject which is the final halacha? Why is that the final halacha? A second point, it's well known that in regards to the machlekes between Beishame and Beishilel follows a certain pattern that in many or all of the machlekes between Beishame and Beishilel and the Mishnah we can find a common thread and that is that Beishamai is more interested feels that the main the, the real focus of things is what is potentially possible that's what we look at Beishilo says no what is practically hap- what practically happens what could happen is not the same as what does happen so they see halacha as Beishamai sees halacha is what could happen what is possible and Beishilo says what actually does happen the third point is that there is this difference between Shammai and Bezhil brings out what is the ultimate, what happens when, Hashem, when a person serves Hashem properly. And it'll, there's a difference in the way Shammai says it, sees it, and Bezhil says it. Now to explain. We have to understand what the Mishnah says. The, the Hashem will bequeath. He uses the term bequeath, which means to give as an inheritance to each tzaddik. 310 worlds. Why does he use the term bequeath? 
when we're talking about the reward for a mitzvah, that means something you earn through having done service. Bequeath means a person inherits it just by, by dint of ha- being related to the person. You have to do nothing. You don't have to accomplish anything. You're, you're the son. You get, uh, a be- you, you get an inheritance. So why does the, ter- the Mishnah use the term bequeath? In fact, we find in, in the Gemara, it says, in Sanhedrin, it says that Hashem, the same th- idea, Hashem will give to each tzaddik 310 elements, which seems more fitting to talking about rewarding the tzaddikin. So perhaps that could be the explanation. In Masech to Sanhedrin, he's talking about reward for mitzvahs. Here he's talking about something else. What is meant by bequeath a Yerusha? The Ragacheva says that a somebody who, an heir to an estate, which means the son inherits from the father it's not to be seen as two separate entities and one owned it previously and now it transfers over to somebody else that would happen let's say in a sale when you buy something from somebody else he used to own it, now I own it I'm not the same as him I'm different from him, I own it now a son stands in for the father the father owned it now the son represents is the same as the father he becomes the new um, representative of the father or be- is a representative is an extension of his father and therefore owns it the same as the father owned it not that it transferred ownership and therefore since a yid is an extension of Hashem and connected to Hashem through Torah and through uh, these three things which are connected to each other Hashem, the Torah and the Jewish people so therefore a yid is an extension of Hashem that's what's meant and that's what is meant by Lahanchil Oyaveyesh, that Hashem will bequeath to those who love him Yesh, which means three hundred and ten is the numerical value of three hundred and ten worlds in the in the, the Mishnah. But the word Yesh also means existence. So Hashem in bequeaths to a yid his kind of existence. Just like Hashem exists on a completely different plane eternally. It's an absolute existence, not like everything else that exists only temporarily. Hashem exists for eternally. So Hashem gives a yid that existence of, that he himself experiences, which is that a yid will live eternally. So bequeathing to the yidin, that's what is being talked about in this Mishnah. And this Pasuk means that he extends to the yid what he is, what Hashem himself is. How is it possible for a uh, created being to become eternal, that, to, to receive that kind of eternity? It's because it's not being given to him. If it was given to him, so then a created being cannot receive something like that, can't acclimate, acclimate something like that. But because we are not being given it, we just become an extension of Hashem, so therefore we receive that eternal nature that Hashem has, and we ourselves become eternal as a result of that um, inheritance that we receive from Hashem. And that explains the nature of this, what we call, what we might refer to as reward that Hashem gives to the tzaddikim. It's not to be seen as reward. It's not, I want to give them something that they can enjoy. When, if that happens, that's the kind of reward for mitzvahs that is discussed in Mesechtas Anedin. He gives reward for the good deeds that you have done. But that has to be by definition limited, because a you created being can only receive something limited. Here, what happens is, 
a yid serves Hashem not for the sake of receiving reward. That's the ultimate of serving Hashem, is just doing it for the sake of Hashem. I was created only to serve Hashem. So he is not trying to do something for himself, that kind of a tzaddik. He's try, doing it simply because that's what Hashem wants. It's pleasurable to me, says Hashem, that I instructed them to do it, and they did it. So when a, a tzaddik does, when a person does avayda, serves Hashem purely for the sake of serving Hashem, because he wants to be served, so who gains the pleasure of it? Hashem gains the pleasure of it. Lahanchil to bequeath to a tzaddik, that means that the tzaddik steps into the place of Hashem. I did it for Hashem. He received pleasure. He connects, I become connected to him and he grants me that yesh, that existence, that I now begin to experience it in the way that Hashem is experiencing the pleasure. I'm merely experiencing it the way he experienced it. I didn't do it in order to receive reward. I did it to serve him. He includes me into his experience of that, uh, what he got out of the mitzvah. So there is a very big difference between being rewarded for doing mitzvahs, which is limited, and lahanchil bequeathing of himself, Hashem allowing you to stand in his place to experience what he is experiencing. And that, of course, can only happen when a person is, doesn't do it for themselves in any way at all. You're doing it all for the sake of Hashem and therefore you become connected to Him in that way and experience it in His way. And that's why it's Oyavai, only those who serve me out of love, which means it's not about them at all, it's not for their own personal gain in any way. And that's why the final um, halacha in Mishnayis is about the bees and the honey. Because the, uh, the analogy for the Yidin serving Hashem purely for the sake of Hashem is from bees because as the Gemara says just like the bee whatever it, uh, whatever it produces the honey that it produces is all for the, ma- for the owner for the master because the bees produce way more than they could ever use and therefore it's really for their master that they produce it so also the Yidden whatever produ- product they make in other words the servant the, uh, the Torah mitzvahs that they do on the highest level is purely for the sake of Hashem and that's why since we're discussing that kind of not reward, we don't want to use the term reward but that kind of being invited into Hashem's presence and His experience the bees are the example for that which leads to that kind of uh, let's call it reward and this can explain also the particulars of that machlegis in regards to bees between Bishama and Bishilul and how that pertains, connects to this discussion of how a Yid receives, what the Yid receives from their Aveda in this world. As Lukotatayda tells us, there's clearly, even though a Yid serves Hashem only for the sake of, even when a Yid serves Hashem only for the sake of Hashem, because that's what he wants, and not for their own personal gain at all, still the neshama gains greatly as a result of the Avaida that it does, it's elevated to an infinite play, infinitely elevated. So there are two ways that this can be understood, based on the machlekes between Beishama and Bezil, as we discussed before, Beishama says we look at things in their potential state, or Beishilil who says we look at the things as they are actually experienced, as they happen. 
according to Beishamai, that says that we look at things in its potential state, what is the, according, the, the there really should be no need for an neshama to actually have to come down into this world. Because it's without question that the neshama has the ability to be able to make a place for Hashem in this world. It has it within its power to do it. And since the, what interests Beishamai is, what could happen, therefore, why is it necessary that the neshama should actually have to come down into the world? The moment we know that the neshama is able to do it, could accomplish it, that's good enough. Why does it have to actually go through it and make it actually happen? And even if you would want to say that the reason we need it is because how do you know that it has the power? Only when it actually does it do you come to recognize that it, yes, it did have the power to do it. But in this case, that isn't even necessary because we are assured by the Torah that in the end, every single neshama will realize, fulfill its mission in the world and be included in to whatever the end brings. So therefore we know that it's possible and Hashem Himself certainly knows that the Neshama can do it. So then what is the purpose of having to actually come down into the world? So therefore based on this, what is the actual reason that a Neshama comes down into the world? Not at all in order to reach its own um, potential because that it's enough that it has in its potential and Beishamai doesn't need it to actually have to come down to do it. The only reason Beishamai can see a Neshama coming down into the world is for a completely different reason. Only because Hashem wants it to be done. Hashem wants a dirbetachtainim. He wants a place where he can have a, a place to live in this world, in these lower worlds. So the Neshama has to actually do it in, to create the dirbetachtainim. Is there any need for the Neshama to do it for itself? No. It reaches its potential just by having the potential. So it will reach whatever growth it needs, even if it stayed up there. The only reason it comes down is only to serve Hashem and no other reason. Like the bees, that they do it all for their master. On the other hand, according to Beis Hillel, who says that it's not enough that somebody has the potential for something, we have to see what actually happens. When it happens, that's when it becomes important. So the Neshama needs it for its own growth as well. So not only is it only purely for the sake of serving Hashem, but the growth to the Neshama also happens as a result of coming down into this world. And therefore, according to Bishilo, although the, the main thrust and the main reason, the mer- main purpose of an Hashem doing its Avedah is in order to serve Hashem for His sake, but at the same time, there is also great benefit to the Neshama from actually having come down into this world. Which explains another machlegis between Bishama and Bishilo. There's a question in the Gemara that asks, is it better for a person, or rather I shouldn't say better, is it the way it's phrased in the Gemara, Hillel, uh, Beishamai says that it would be easier for a person, more comfortable, noyach, easier for a person that he wasn't created at all, rather than being created. In other words, better that he shouldn't be created. The uh, Beis Hillel says, better that he should be created than not having been created at all. In the end, it was decided, they voted on it, and it was decided it would be better that they wouldn't be created. But uh, now that we're created, so we have to be careful about our, what we do. We have to be careful about how we behave. In its most literal sense, what this means is 
there is a danger to coming into the world for the neshama to come into this world because it's challenged and uh, you know we there's many failures and so on so in weighing the balance of the good against the bad Beishamay says better not to go through the whole thing Beishil says no better to go through it you come out at the end with more than you gave up and then the end was that no it is a big danger and we don't know if it would be it's worth the risk but now that you're here be careful about what you do but in the way Lukuta Teira explains it a little differently he points out that it doesn't say better, toivloi, it would be better for the neshama. It says noyachloi, which means it's easier for the neshama. What is meant by easier for the neshama? Because even the neshama would agree that it's better, because in the end, you, uh, in, in the end, the, the neshama grows, and it, it's an, an, an infinite growth for the neshama. So, but of course, it's better to have come down. But if, when you talk about is it easier? That means something else. What he means to say is, since the purpose of coming down is not for the personal growth of the neshama, it's about fulfilling Hashem's will. And that's a very, very difficult avayda for a person to come into this world and to be completely divorced from their own needs. That's an extremely difficult avayda. So Beishamai says, it's much easier for the neshama not to have to go through that. So then what's, if that's the pshat, so then what's Beis Hillel saying? Is it not easier for the neshama not to have to go through that? So what it means is, according to Beis Shammai, since for its own personal growth, it doesn't need to come down into the world, because as we said, the potential is enough to give it its elevation that it needs. So the only purpose for coming down into the world is just to fulfill Hashem's mission, what He needs. So that's very difficult, and therefore it would be easier for the neshama to go through, and not to have to go through that. But Beis Hillel says that without having coming down, come down into this world, the neshama wouldn't reach its own growth. So it needs to come down for anything at all. It needs to, for both reasons, it has to come down. And therefore, the neshama experiences that need, that it needs to be in this world, in order for anything good to happen for it, so therefore, even though it's a difficulty, it's a stress for the neshama to have to ch- deal with the challenges, and sometimes there's failure, but in the end it realizes that without that there is nothing, and therefore it's even easier to be down here, because it knows the outcome is dependent on being down here. But in the end they decided that since the ultimate purpose of the neshama coming down is not for his own personal growth, so therefore would take away the personal aspect of it, it's easier not to have to come down and, and try for something which is almost impossible to achieve. So that, that explains also the connection between the halacha that is being discussed, the machlegis between Bisham and Bishilal, and Lahanchil Oyeviyesh, what Rabbi Shuham and Levi says. According to the way we understand the final Mishnah now, that whether the person benefits from coming down is hinges on the machlekes between Meshamai, who says that it doesn't matter at all for the person's own personal growth, it doesn't matter if he comes down or not, and Basil who says that yes, he needs to come down to actually do it in order to gain that personal growth. So one might say that according to Basil, there is that should have equal status, the personal gain and the, the serving of Hashem in the way that the bees do, which is only for his sake. So the Mishnah said, concludes, no, it's not that way, even according to Beis Hillel. 
concludes, just like over there the vote concluded that, it's all about coming down to serve Hashem, not about personal growth. Just like the bees, they do it all for the sake of Hashem, for the sake of their owner, and the neshamad is completely focused only on doing it for the sake of their owner. Personal growth is not part of the equation. And that's why lahanchel oyeveyesh, the, the, not the reward, but the result of your Aveda leads to the fact that you become one with Hashem, and just like somebody who's uh, uh, an heir becomes one with the one who, who uh, bequeaths it to him, and the Ayid can become Yesh, can become this absolute infinite existence, and experience everything, the, the result of his Aveda in the way that Hashem re- experiences it. That's what the final conclusion of the Mishnah is. The Mishnah also includes, however, he gives you the end of that pasuk, which is and I will fill their storehouses, which means that re- talks about the actual reward for mitzvahs. So Rabbi Yeshua Levi doesn't include that in his statement, but since he's quoting the pasuk, he includes also that there is something about the reward that one gets for the avodah that they do that will also be included because Hashem doesn't withhold uh, reward even in that way. And uh, that will also be included. And to add a final thought, the, we know that the halacha, in, in, in the t- now the halacha is like Bezhilo, generally. In the time of, uh, in the future world, then the halacha will be like, like Beishamai. So how does it pertain to this? In the future world, when, uh, sorry, it will start from in the current world that we live in, the halacha is like Bezhilo because in the end it's impossible for a yid to, for most yidin to be able to get past their own metzius in every way, totally and absolutely. So therefore we need to also, Basil says, you have to consider what the, the, what the gain to the neshama, to the personal growth of the neshama is as well. But when the time comes, and in the future world, when Hashem will be in His presence, will be fully felt by every single yid, then of course there won't be any personal uh, no personal considerations will exist at all, and therefore everything will revert to the way Beishame says, we experience everything in the way Hashem experiences Yesh, uh, the, the eternal Yesh, and that's what the final uh, goal is to reach that.